All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos in this R&B Friday, 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving and just sticking with the NFL team. So that's the way I see the Dallas Cowboys and Patriots situation. Um, you know, it's just going to come down to I feel that, uh, you know, did Dallas learn anything? Well, first of all, we have to really look at the health. How healthy is Dallas going to be going into this game, especially on the offensive line with the offensive line? You know, uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, did they learn anything last last week? I should say in regards to doing a better job of stopping the run. Um, because I think that's where New England and Bill O'Brien are going to try to attack them to set up the opportunity. And I think if they get the run going, then it's an opportunity to hit one of those two or three tight ends. Because right now, the Patriots are really, their aerial attack is really their tight ends. You know, uh, they're playing ball control. They're playing solid defense. They're, you know, Max doing a good job for the most part of protecting the ball. And they're trying to maybe hit you with a big play here and there through their tight end. So I definitely think this game, I would be really surprised. Um, I would say, well, you know what? I'll even raise that a level. I'll be shocked um, if this is really, you know, like one of those double-digit beatdowns from Dallas. Now, when you talk about, look, if you look at the roster of these both teams, Dallas is the better team. On paper. On paper. But the way the Patriots play and the way they're coached um, and really what I believe are the true weaknesses of the, this 2023 Dallas Cowboys, I believe Bill Belichick and this coaching staff and Bill O'Brien um, and Mayo is the defensive coordinator, I believe it's over there. They're going to they're going to give them hell. I really believe that. Um, and it's definitely a game I think is very winnable for the New England Patriots as well, too. If I'm wrong, I'll come and say, well, I didn't. I was wrong. Didn't see that beatdown coming, but I don't think I'm going to have to do that. What do you got? To answer your question on the injury front, uh, Cowboys injury report on their website, uh, you've got Tyron Smith didn't practice yesterday uh, dealing with a knee. Zach Martin uh, didn't practice Wednesday, was limited on uh, yesterday with an ankle injury. Uh, even Demarcus Lawrence, uh, he had some rest. Uh, both him mm-hmm. and CD got some rest, which is why they pop up on the report um, earlier this week. But to answer your other question on the other side, last segment, mm-hmm. the history between these two teams. Dallas won their last meeting. It was 2021. Okay. That was post-Tom Brady era. Okay. All right, their first time meeting in the post-Tom Brady era. Okay. Mac Jones and the Patriots in New England – Took the Cowboys to overtime. That's right. I remember that now. Okay. All right. That was a 35-29 finish. Before uh-huh. that, yeah, they, the Cowboys had a, hadn't won before that game since 1996. Okay. So, yeah, Tom did go undefeated against them. Yeah. I forgot about that Mac Jones game, and that was – because I think that was that kind of – I think it was kind of rainy there or whatever that game possibly as well, too. I think that was New England, but this one's in Dallas. But, yeah, uh, this should be a good game, competitive game. And, and again, if you look at it, uh, you know – the Patriots did what they were supposed to do last week, and that was to get a division win. So Patriots are 1-1 one one in the division uh, because they've lost to Miami. 
Um, they beat the Jets. So they're one and two. They'll be trying to get back to 500. But the significance of this on the other side, if there's an L with Dallas, I kind of alluded to this yesterday and the day before. All of a sudden, now you're looking at two straight losses and you're looking staring dead red at the for a trip to the Bay. A return to the scene of the crime where your, where your season was cut short last year. So I would say there is a little bit of pressure on Dallas to try to get a W Sunday. Because I just think the last thing you want to do is all of a sudden coming into a two-game losing streak to the 49ers. Okay. Uh, because to me, there's that because as each loss and that's just what it. I mean, it's like that with a lot of teams, but we all know it's kind of magnified with the Cowboys. But I think um, each loss, it kind of mounts up, especially the way they started. I mean, because there was a lot of especially Dallas fans, a lot of the media was ready to crown them as the 85 Bears. That we had it. We were just like not too long ago. We were talking Lawrence Taylor and Micah Parsons. Okay. And now all of a sudden, if you take that and the loss got the streak got started with losing to the Cardinals, and then on top of that, you go in and you lose outright if you lose outright to the Patriots, and you trying to go ahead and right the ship against the 49ers. Hmm. Good luck. 877-37 grind. On to the next game. Um, this is one of those that uh There's some things riding on this one, too. And I'm talking about the feces bowl I was saying all week between the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos. Um, Denver's coming in as a slight favorite, a field goal favorite. Um, Vance Joseph got to meet with the media yesterday. Um, Vance had kind of said, hey, you know, just paraphrase him that, you know, when you kind of play and put that poorly of effort – it kind of starts with me, but he says we got to fix it because I'll fix it. We got to do it quick. Okay, all right, Vance. Um, look, the significance of this game for both organizations—just not Denver, but really Chicago as well too—and they're not really too much in the similar situation because again, Chicago's coaching staff and GM tandem is in their second year together. Sean. And with his staff, is in their first year. Now, their GM, George Payton, he's been there. He's in his third, fourth year there with the team. But the reality is, is this. The significance of loss, the way these two teams have come in, because first of all, I think it's the first time or on a short list, or I believe it's the first time in NFL history that two teams are meeting the next week following Pretty much a 50-point loss. And what was the other loss, Kansas City? The combined loss of two teams coming in is very rare. I think this is one of the first ones in NFL history. So you have two teams that really, one took a 50-point loss. The other one was, what, a 30-point loss or something like that? Um, it's significant. So with the, what was it? Yeah, 31. 31. Don't cheat them that one. Because I keep saying 72. Because it felt like 70. I'm giving him the record in Miami. Might as well. But it's one of those that when you have the stink coming into this game for both organizations. And these are the perfect dancing partners for each other right now. Because I guarantee you, 
You know, there's a lot of people and a lot of analysts. Everybody, oh, Denver will win this game. Come on, Denver's got to be able to beat Chicago. And my take on that is if you lose by 70, there's no other team in the league that you can ever, in my opinion, even the bad teams, the teams that are kissing cousins, those are 50-50 games until this particular team led by this defensive coordinator and defensive players. Some of the guys that got ski mask on, such as Randy Gregory, somebody needs to call the law and report him for theft. Missing in action. I've been patient with them, but you, you, I mean, he's part of that whole deal. He has not earned $1 yet of that contract. But we've spent the whole calendar year banging on Russ, though. But this is the deal. I don't believe, I believe it's a 50-50 game. Because you can't make me believe that Chicago, as much as everybody says, oh, Denver will win this one. They've got to win. Chicago's in the other locker room saying, that team just gave up 70 points. Ain't no way we can lose to them. Now, we should be able to get a win. This team just gave up 70. Because you do get it to a point, if you are going through a bad stretch or you're a bad team and one of these two teams, now, do I think Denver's as bad as on paper as what they look? No, I don't. But, hey, I'm old school. Great Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. I understand there's injuries, all that, but you are what your record says you are. And your defense is who that 70 points that's who you are up until this point. So with that said, if the Broncos would make it four straight losses and go 0-4 and, and then lead in and be the butt of Joe, like this team lost to Chicago, trade deadline's Halloween. Because as far as I'm concerned, at least for one team, I don't think Chicago so much, even though there's going to be some changes if you lose this 0-4, meaning like going forward, because whoever loses this this game, it the season's done. And when I say done, I mean just from a perspective of like what is going to be the quality of life going forward for one of these teams. And the direction has to change. But on the orange side, on the team in Denver, Colorado, if they lose trade deadline, Halloween, it is a fire sale. Everybody is on the table. The only person that's probably not on the table is probably Marvin Mims and probably Dolich. You notice one guy didn't say, hey, PS2. I'm a big fan of him. The reality of it is, do you want to lose a guy like that in the day of age of NFL and, you know, passing and the, the, the offenses? No. But the one thing that is sticks out like a sore thumb that is just basically nothing you can do. It's just sitting there, just sitting there. It don't even make sense. And that's when you have a premier top corner on a team that ha on a bad team that has no pass rush. It don't matter. It don't matter. When you, when, you, when you talk about making those decisions, and he's going to be due for a big contract. Now, I ain't trying to talk about the city. I don't want to go. But the reality is you lose these games, those are decisions that's going to be discussed. Because as we stand here right now, as we get ready to turn the calendar into October, for what we see right now, this is going to be a pretty decent quarterback class in 2023. Or coming up in the draft in April in 2024. This is going to be – so – 
if you were Denver going through years of no picks because of the rust trade, then you traded Chubb for Sean Payton. That was another first round. If you're George Payton, even though if you leaning on Jesus and know your ass is on the next one out, but if you're Sean Payton, you're looking at do we acquire more draft picks because more times we're going to have to make a haul. And it's not just about getting the quarterback. It's that. That's what's riding on the line of this particular game on Sunday at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time and 11 o'clock Mountain Time. What do you got? As you're putting things out on the lawn, players for teams to come come and get from the from the dumpster sale uh, or the fire sale, however it is you want to put it, I feel like it's easier to find a quality tight end to where you could put Dulcich out there, but uh, you can't put PS2 out there. You just um, can't. Let me tell you something. Um, bad. I, I've seen it enough. Bad defense defensive schemes can can really hurt. Great players. No, I get that. No, I hundred percent agree with you. No, I hundred percent agree with you. No, 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 no. Let me clarify. I'm not saying putting PS2 out there like they're going to put him out to pasture because this 0-4 start is his fault, and you're just on the wrong side of the ball that's killing us defensively. No, it's talking about where are the assets when you need to acquire picks. When you have a shutdown corner, which I believe Patrick Satan is too, but hey, keep in mind he was his daddy can tweet all he want to talking about my son deserves better. Your son was out there on that hot sunny day okay and and that's 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 close that's roll tide there he was out there though the bottom line is when you have a cornerback that is quote-unquote elite shutdown or whatever and i and i'm not going to give patrick to y'all know me i'm very particular about that shutdown work i'm not going to give patrick that shutdown corner yet. he's one of the top corners but he ain't shut down yet so my thing is if you have that on a team that has no pass rush, nobody on the end that's threatened, you've got a bad contract possibly in Randy Gregory, you've done this, you've been starving to picks, and you got a new guy that's at the helm that you're paying $18 million a year to by the name of Sean Payton, you have a lame duck GM, and Sean's had one pick or one draft, which they had limited, uh, everything's on the table because really a good corner on a bad no pass rush, it don't matter. That's the reason why when they traded Chubb, I didn't feel like, look, Chubb for Sean Payton, I'll make that trade seven days a week. They wasn't doing anything with Chubb on, on the team. I mean, part of it, he couldn't stay healthy. Look, I'm not telling you, but Patrick saying, but if you lose against the Bears, and, and again, let's just be real. You're paying a quarterback $40 million that's going to kick in next year. You're paying a coach 18. If you can't beat a team that had their lawnmower stolen a week ago, they had a coach resign, and there's rumors out whether the feds raided his house or whatever. We don't know what's going on with that. And on top of that, there was one other bad thing that happened. And on top of that, you got a Justin Fields, you got a quarterback that's lost. Uh, let the Dallas Cowboys, who lost Trayon Diggs, thinking like we need to let it let it be a race between the 49ers and the and, and the Cowboys, or who wants to give up a number one for PS2. I'll be coming on these airways every day like I love Patrick. But if they're going to give a number one and they lose the Bears, uh, there's a guy, got Caleb Williams up there. There's Drake May. There's a brother down in Washington, the Huskies, that's about to get hot and get in this Heisman talk. There's a plethora of them, and that's not only the thing they would need if you lose to the Chicago Bears. It would pay me. I mean, that's a guy. I mean, come on. I watched him burp from the time he got to Tuscaloosa to getting drafted. And I thought they were going to get Michael Barton or Justin Fields, but – I said, Patrick, he can play, and he can play. He's the best prototype for a cornerback. But what the hell is he doing good on a team that can't get pass rush, that's a defense that gave up 70, and they sitting dead red at 0-4, and they only played one division game. Oh, and that's against the Las Vegas Raiders, who they've got their internal problems going to. 
Whoever want to call, as far as I'm concerned, it's open business. Now, will I be pissed off if they don't get rid of Patrick Sertin? No, but everybody's on the table, even his counterpart. You need a safety? Justin Simmons is the one player, the only player that they have really developed in Denver since the Elway, whatever. That's another problem. They don't develop guys. They haven't developed anybody. This is another reason why when you get injuries and the depth there and you get 70, you're not developing depth. Justin Simmons is the only guy that came out of Boston College that sat behind T.J. Ward for a little bit. They developed, and now he's a starter. That's it. Somebody want to give a second? First for Justin Simmons, they lose this. I don't use the word taint. I ain't going to call it that. We ain't going to call it that. They lose against Chicago. I watch college football already. I'm tuning in and just saying, like, hey, man, I got a long way to go to April. But let the Sean Payton era officially start with one of them top one or two or three picks, and let's get it going. You, That's reality. If you empty the cupboards, who's going to want to take over that defensive coordinator job? And I think that's where you got to start. You got to get rid of Vance Joseph first. See what somebody else can do. Hey, man, when you got Walmart money, where this economy is, somebody taking it. Somebody going to take it. Can't get any worse than what they displayed through three weeks. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. All right. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Don't forget, uh, coming up, they've got the Denver Stock Show taking place in January of next year. And also, the All-Star Rodeo Weekend is October the 7th through the 8th of this year. That's just around the corner. All right. And their official sponsor of that and also their official whiskey sponsor, the Sports Grind. 
And also, don't forget, they're distilled in Canada, Oregon's highest peak. That is Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Pro uh, Rodeo Association as well, too. 877-37-GRIND. All right, before we move on from the Denver uh, situation, I got a message and a question from uh, Kansas City Rob. Is a uh, message me. He says, does Vance get fired if y'all lose to Chicago? Um... I would tell you no. Um, the only way I see that is that all of a sudden if Chicago has a coming out party and let's say they drop 40 on this defense as anemic that they looked, then possibly something that is extreme. I think, Sean, there would be some local pressure uh, from the media and everything else to do something different uh, because technically – there were people screaming to the rooftop thought the changes were going to be made after hanging, giving up 70, but there was no changes made. So to answer Rob's question, in my opinion, I will sit there and say, unless it is similar or anything close to what we saw last week and it comes to Chicago, I would say no. Uh, and the only thing I believe that saving Vance is uh, two things. One, the injury situation, um, how thin they are on some of the, and when, you know, Again, there's no excuse, but at the end of the day, they had their four-string safety out there last week. Uh, there's, you know, uh, Kwan Williams was left lost in uh, training camp. Uh, Stroud, their other safety that they were going to use around with Justice Simmons, he was lost in the Raiders game for the year. It's just one of those. That is one reason why he would make it, because you can follow the excuse. And I'm not telling you that's what I say. That's just reality. And number two. When you have somebody, because the, the thing that everything is being talked about is Sean's ego, Sean's ego, Sean this, karma this, you said this, you said this, a hack it. So when you've got some guy that's running the helm and he's got full control and he's making that kind of money and he likes hearing about himself and he likes people like myself that praise him from the Bill Parcells tree and all that, the, when you deal with those type of dudes, the one thing that they're very reluctant to do is very quickly to say, I made a mistake. And that's the reason why I think, for one, Vance didn't lose his job after last Sunday's debacle. And that's number two, the reason why, if you are a Denver fan, I wouldn't hold my breath that he'd get fired even if they lost Chicago. And because of those two reasons I just told you. Go ahead. The defense feels like a gangrenous arm or toe. It's just eating up. It, start, it starts with, with, with you know, at, at a toe. Or like a, and then it just spreads up the hand. And then you start losing. Then you start worrying about losing your arm. All right, you can only allow this to go on for so long before he does have to be. They say they say what it takes a man to admit when he was wrong. Well, Sean Payton needs to be a man and admit that he was wrong because the scheme looks bad. You've got okay. You can maybe if especially if you lose to these Bears, that's going to be horrible. All right. I mean, that's, that, that's so, what I'm so, telling so, you about so the fire sale. So, so, I know. So, well, before you get rid of the players, before you start blaming, before you start blaming the players, look at how they're being utilized. I agree okay? with that. So, I so, agree. So give somebody else a chance to cook with the same ingredients. Okay, because the next week you're going to follow it up. If you don't get right against the Bears and you move forward with Vance Joseph, well, then you're hosting the Jets on October 8th. Okay, are we gonna are we gonna have another? Oh well, if it looks this bad, are we getting rid of Vance Joseph now? Because the because the Jets can't do anything against me, anybody. Uh, me, and then you're gonna and then as your schedule continues, just go ahead and buckle up for a couple a couple of old fashioned you know butt whoopings 
Because in th- in two of the three following weeks there, as we're in, in, in October, you're going to have the Chiefs twice. This is the reason why I started this segment or the last segment before we went to break with saying that there was a lot on the line for these two organizations in this game, one similar, a little different to the other. One has a two-year going into their second year with their coaching staff at GM. The other one is the first year. There's financial reasons that's tied into that with the decision why I believe it's a fire sale before October Halloween's trade deadline because the April date that is looming for Russ's contract, the reason why I'm bringing up Patrick Sertain the second because he's going to be due a contract here pretty soon. And the bottom line, if you're moving on from Russ, and yes, you have Walmart money, but the bottom line, if you have to release Russ, that's going to be about 35 to $40 million dead cap space money for the next two years. So you're going to be limited in cap space. And yes, if you have a young, you are right. If you have an owner that has deep pockets, you can finagle things, you can move things around. We saw what the Rams have done for the last few years. But the reality of it is, is that you've got to start making decisions and you're pretty much going to do a borderline not coach prime overhaul but there's going to be an overhaul and 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 that's why i say if you lose to the bears there's no need to listen to the there's no need to go down well who's coming into town and you got kansas city the season is over and the reality of it is is that what like if i in my opinion and we'll move on because there's other games i want to get to and 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 other uh and and still we want to talk some college but I'll, i'll just leave the note before we move on from the broncos the reality of the situation is, is I feel that if this was going to be a move that was going to be made based on the scheme, and and I'm not, you're right, Jonas. I think the scheme is bad. Now it could have been maybe a one-off and just a bad, you know, y'all just had a horrible plan uh, for the Miami Dolphins, which I do put some of that on Sean because I think he had a bad plan on offense for how to deal with Tyreek Hill. Like the game should have been short, and that's what I'm looking for Sunday. What is Sean going to do to protect the defense? Because there's injuries and there's nobody that's coming to save the day. So what are you going to do to protect the defense? And what I mean, lengthen the drives out. I mean, we went from after the Raiders talking about no explosive plays, then we had explosive plays, but maybe you want to limit those possessions close to how that Raiders game was played. But the reality of it is, man, if this was going to be a move to try to salvage playoff or like, hey, man, this is really just a bad scheme or, you know, this is the only thing we're missing, damn the injuries, he would have been released after week two. With something historic like that. And that's why I'm saying, I'm not telling you no way he doesn't get fired, but I wouldn't hold my breath. That's all I'm saying. And if they lose to Chicago, it doesn't matter about the Jets coming in, hacking. It doesn't matter about Kansas City. It, what it matters is how many picks can they get? They're going to have their picks back. Who on this roster do playoff contending teams want and what is the value? And there's only two, there's two guys that come, there's three guys. Because I really don't think, I think if you were going to get anything for Judy, that was going to be pre-flop before the season started. There's two valuable guys on this roster, and they both are on that horrible side of the ball. Uh, that is Patrick Sertain the second, and that's Justin Simmons. Those are the only two dudes you can move, in my opinion, when you're talking about trying to recoup a first a round pick or maybe even a second. Now, I think Justin Simmons might go for a second. You can get a one for PS2. The Dallas Cowboys of the 49ers will pony up a first-round pick this year for PS2 if all hell breaks loose at Soldier Field. And I'm not telling you I want that to happen. I'm just trying to prepare the Denver Nation and the Denver fans. These are real conversations that you're going to have to have at home with your significant other or your son if they go lay an egg in Chicago. And when I say lay an egg, it could be a 17-14 to ball game, and they lose. 0-4. 
It's it's nothing to look past that. The thing is, is like, okay, now we're getting ready to start the Sean Payton era because it's about to blow up, and he's going to go get his guys and his draft and his GM that he wants to work with for here going forward. That's just the reality. That's all I got to say about it. We can see how it happens on Sunday and how it plays out, but we can move on. We can move on. That's that's all. And I'm just look. It's not what I want to happen. Let me reiterate. It's not what I want to happen. It's the reality of the conversation. There's conversations can be made, cause then you just keep. Then it's just like you walk in pile the like, what's that spell? Or you're out in public, like, are you gonna go change your diaper? Well, I changed it the other day. Or we're just gonna sit here and eat while well, we got a dirty diaper and let everybody sell it. No, yeah, man. Defensive coordinator. No, it's more than that, man. Yes, he's a big problem. It's more than that. If you start unloading in a fire sale now. You're impacting next year. Okay, I've got PS2's contract in front of me right here. You've got him next year, and then you have the fifth-year option. You don't need to overreact and worry about... If, 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 you, if the Broncos continue on this path, they're going to have their choice of quarterbacks in the draft. I think if you lose against Chicago, regardless, there's plenty of injuries. Cause, cause even if the Panthers end up up there, they're they're not worried about getting a quarterback. They just got their guy. Well, oh, fine. You got a trade party. You could trade up with them. If they don't need a quarterback and the Panthers are sitting 0-3, this is another game I wanted to get to because I said, hey, you know what? On the radar, we got another crucial 0-3 game. It's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to North Carolina and take on the Panthers. They're both 0-3. Yeah, Panthers mess around. It bottoms out with them. They've got Bryce Young. They're not moving all him. They get another second-round pick, first-round pick. Oh, Oh, I don't know. We traded PS2. We picked up another pick from there. How much do they want to move up? Those are things. The bottom line is if you lose to the Bears, it's more than the quarterback. It ain't the quarterback, man. And Russ, is he playing a red? Like, look, I told y'all that it couldn't get any worse than last year. And I've been proven right. It's better. But is that better when you got a decision of 40 plus million and a guy that didn't take the job knowing that he didn't have to be married to him? It's like, I'm going to do this my way. Like I said, it's just him. The one thing that I know that he underestimated, speaking of Sean Payton in my opinion he and it happens to everybody in life the job is a little bit more work and needed than you thought you buy a house you go there you have an inspection you go through the clothes you've had your people look at whatever when you get in and say you know what this house might need a little bit more work than we really originally thought at closing when we closed on it 877-37-GRIND moving on uh, of course real quick uh, NFL couple other games to be on the radar Buffalo speaking of that Miami team they're going to be hosting the Dolphins uh, um, this is a very intriguing matchup coming in this Sunday. This is the first time that they will tango. Miami's already coming in with a division win over the New England Patriots. Uh, keep in mind, last year, Miami's season ended in Buffalo. But keep in mind in that game, they were down to like their third string quarterback. And they went into that game. And that game was still in the ballots with about three minutes left to play. Um. I said it yesterday going into yesterday's game with Detroit Lions, and I didn't think people made enough big a deal about it. But the Dolphins are getting a break, just like Detroit did in scheduling. You're going to Detroit got to play Green Bay at the earliest at Lambeau I can remember in a while. Miami's getting an early trip to Buffalo in the month of early October. Okay, late September. Weather might not be a factor. And I know they've got a lot of floods and rain on the New York area in that area. I don't know if that's going to affect that game or not. Uh, but what Miami has showed us is that they are a team, I believe, if they have to run, if they have to run it, uh, they can run it. And that's why I thought for sure if they found a way to get their hands on Jonathan Taylor, this would have been not fair. And I remember saying that, that this was going to be like just that's it, that's a wrap. Now, that possibly could still happen. Not saying it's probably going to, but 
what I'm looking at, you know, Buffalo on the cool after that debacle opening night against New York, uh, where Josh Allen just turned the ball over three or four times, picked up right where he left off of last year. Uh, they've they've looked pretty good on the cool two weeks, three weeks after that. Now you can go look at the opponents they played. In fact, said, okay, well, this would be their real test to see how good are you? Because I know Vic Vangio's coming in with his scheme. And what nobody's talking about is everybody, you know, of course, the offense is getting all the love. It should be with McDaniels and Tua doing their thing. Waddle's going to be coming out of concussion protocol. But nobody's really talking about, again, what is this going to look like when Jalen Ramsey comes back? I mean, that's going to help even the defense even more to guard some receivers on the other end to get more pass rush from Chubb and let those guys eat. Um, I like Miami uh, in this game. Um, I really do. I think they're the better team. I I think Buffalo – um, you know, everybody knows each other defensively. Now, Buffalo could really right the ship of their season real quick. I mean, they stop Miami. They do it conventionally. That Jets game seems so far away. That three interception or three turnover game uh, by Josh Allen seems so far away. But if they lose this game, on the other hand, it's just reassurance that I believe that there's a change in the guard on the way and it's going down in South Beach. So that's definitely a game that I will have on my radar. Um, also, uh, Cleveland, we've got another AFC North matchup. Uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. I think uh, you were alluding to this. I think they're gonna this is they're gonna play about to play twice out of three weeks. I think Baltimore and Cleveland. This is the first one. Uh, this one's in Cleveland. Um, Look, you know, Baltimore, there was a lot made, of course, about the Lamar Jackson contract in the offseason. Is Baltimore going to get him paid? Is it going to be guaranteed? Do they have to trade him? Um, and then the other big story was about their new offensive coordinator, all right, coming from Georgia. <clears throat> Through three weeks and three games, it's like I've seen the PDD remix. I've seen a little bit of both. I've seen what they're trying to do under this new offense, and then I've seen it go back and result to some of the things Lamar Jackson was doing under the last coordinator. And that comes to a conclusion with me. They're still not comfortable really in the identity of who they're on offense. And I think what makes it harder for them with Baltimore now is because, you know, whether you go through the Joe Flacco later years, the early Lamar Jackson years, whatever you say, he doesn't have no receivers to throw to, yada, yada, yada. The one thing you can land your hat on in Baltimore was their defense. <clears throat> and not just this year, but the last couple years, it ain't been right. And unfortunately, their offense, I believe, is a continued Work in progress. This could take all of 2023 for Lamar to get comfortable in this new offense. Zay Flowers in his first rookie year, you know. Um, but the question is, is the secondary and the defense going to be able to hold the fort down to get them some wins? I just believe at this particular point at time, I don't think Baltimore is playing enough good football to go on the road and handle this defense and handle Cleveland at this point. Now, if they play again in a few weeks, Baltimore might get them in Baltimore. But going on the road in Cleveland, the way this defense has been playing and what I've seen from the offense in Baltimore, because that Colts defense got a lot of pressure on Lamar last week. Okay? And this is, in my opinion, Cleveland's got a better D-line and a better defensive scheme right now in secondary than get pressure than what Indy had. And that was in Baltimore. So I like Cleveland to win this game. What do you got? Well, something you might want to be aware of is Deshaun Watson's questionable status. 
after he was limited in practice today. Uh, he's talking about shoulder injury potential. Um, if that if, if that yeah. you know comes through, then it's DTR is going to start. Uh, Miles Garrett speaking to the media today said uh, on on Watson saying no, knowing him he's a baller he's fought through a yeah. lot of things. We think he'll play, but if he doesn't, we'll just have to uh, up our intensity up one more notch. Yeah, just a little, just stand in compliance. That line has moved to minus one. Yeah, just I, I was wondering because it did it opened up around three and a half. It stayed steady at three throughout the whole week. I figured something might have different, but that's just really to be honest with you that I think that's staying in compliance with the desert and the gambling laws, letting everybody know you you gotta. They're strict on this injury report thing. You gotta be on there. I've told you, unless I see a doubtful now concussions, we know what we're dealing with. You go into concussion protocol. Have they ruled out Jimmy Garoppolo yet in this game this week? Because I because if so, if not, he'll be the first guy to clear concussion protocol in the same week. I, I haven't seen that. Other than that, if you ain't listed a doubtful, and especially in a division game, your name Deshaun Watt, you just questionable. Deshaun gonna be out there Sunday. Go ahead. According to Kevin Patra at the NFL.com, uh, he's still in protocol yeah. after practice today. Yeah, he'll be ruled out. I, I just don't believe. I, I'll be surprised. And they've got a division game against the Chargers as well, too. Uh, they're on the road in L.A. Uh, to take on the Chargers. So that's a division game. But I think this whole situation with Tua, I said that earlier this week, what happened with him last year with the concussions and what we witnessed – on national television, the NFL is not jacking around with these concussions when you go into protocol. It used to be, we used to joke and say, hey, give them the answers to the test. They're not getting them. Uh, they're not getting them. This is real business, and that's why I think he'll be ruled out. And I think with Deshaun, just questionable. The, a division game, because if you're at Cleveland, the one thing you don't want, you don't want to give Baltimore no life. Send them to two straight. Okay? Send them to two straight. This is the time. I said it in August. If there was any uh, any year it was time for Cleveland to step up and break this streak and win this division, it was going to be this year. And what's the ironic thing? The two nemesis to them, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, what's the what's the what's the coincidence? What's the similarities? They both struggling offensively, both of those units, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh gets it right this weekend though. You listen to the Sports Grind today's show is being presented by Dosecki's get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. 
From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.